Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. Well, all right. What a great, great day it is in the Pacific Northwest, and hopefully wherever you are as well. We're in the uh, the middle of summer, and it is gorgeous here. It's absolutely gorgeous. We have on with us today a very special guest. We've had him before, uh, Officer Jacob Hubby, and uh, last time... We had an opportunity to hear from him. We get, were able to learn about his background and what it's like to be an officer in the greater Seattle area, working in different areas. And uh, since that time, he has um, been busy, busy with family, busy with work, and we're glad to check in with him again. Officer Hubby, how are you today? Doing well, Brother Paul. How are you? I can't, I can't complain. It's, a, it's beautiful. It's we, we, we wait we wait nine months to just get a little get the clouds to part and then it's heaven. Amen. Yeah, I agree with that. Can't so, beat the sunshine in Washington, can you? No, you can't. You can't. If people come if people come here in June and July, they want to buy a house. Um, if yep. they if they land here in October, then like Frank Sinatra, <laughs> they want to get out of here as fast as they possibly can. <laughs> I think we've all experienced both sides of that coin at one point. <laughs> we have indeed. We have indeed. Well, listen, uh, if you would bring us up to speed uh, since we spoke last time, um, you know, what what have you been doing? And uh, for those that don't know, share a little bit about your history again real quickly, um, and uh, we'll go on with our topics for today. Yeah. So I've been the last 14, nearly 15 years now, I've been working as a police officer in, in Washington State. I've worked for three different agencies. And uh, before that, I was did a little in the private sector as an iron worker. Um, I did some work in construction, various other fields. And I was before that, I was a United States Marine, 0811 artillery cannon crewman. I had two deployments under my belt to Iraq, 2003 on the invasion, and then 2004. I uh, was deployed to Ramadi, and uh, where I conducted uh, convoy escort missions all throughout the Al-Anbar province of Iraq. And that's pretty much, in a nutshell, my professional experience. Um, but yeah, working hard right now as a cop and, uh, you know, doing what I can to, to serve the people around me in the, in the best way that I can. Well, first of all, there's going to be people that immediately when they hear your bona fides, the first thing they're going to say is thank you for your service. The second thing that they're, yeah. and we and we echo that, and the second thing uh, for the others that know, we'll all say Semper Fi. Well, I appreciate that, Paul. It's very kind of you. And to all you Marines and, and veterans out there, I appreciate your service as well. And uh, yeah, no, I, that's very kind of you, Paul. 
So, so now uh, you you've worked in multiple areas in in law enforcement. That's what you're you're doing now. Uh, and you know, in the news today, we're seeing so many societal changes. Uh, you know, we're uh, trying to work for peace in our our neighborhoods and our communities, but. The other day I was reading in the Linwood Times, great newspaper, by the way, the Linwood Times. Um, I agree. They, they had an article in the July 21st uh, edition uh, basically saying that, you know, high crime in Washington is at an all-time high, mainly because available officers are at record lows. Is that yeah. correct? Well, without a doubt, every single agency is experiencing this. It is a uphill battle for sure. Let me give it in my current city right now. Let me just give you a, a little synopsis of what's going on. Our staffing, we're, we're 10 officers short of our staffing levels for the population of our city that it was in 1970. Whoa. Um, 1970? Yeah. yeah. And we've nearly, we've nearly doubled in size as a city and, and growing, growing uh, at, at the current moment. And so it, it's it's completely reactionary policing. Uh, it's putting out fires, um, sometimes uh, literally. The okay. the hiring staffing issues in law enforcement right now, and I, as, at least in this state, I'm sure it's more than just this state, is in dire straits, and that's an understatement. Well, it takes time. Even if they hire someone, there's there's ramp up time too. Correct. Yes. Yeah, especially for the newer officers if they're entry level. Uh, we're talking just under a year before they finally are hitting the road and, and doing the job as we need them to do it. So it's a long process, and it should be. There's a lot of checks and balances and making sure that we get the right people in here with the right sense of purpose and um, that will take the right approach, trainable, and uh, ultimately have the right heart, which is a heart of service towards the public and the people that we live with and in our community. Uh, it's a long process. So right now you'll see there's a lot of departments that are trying to you know, be, make themselves as competitive as possible. And, and we're, we're kind of, I hate to say it, but there's a, a lateral, you know, everyone's trying to steal laterals from each other, mm. you know, to bump mm -hmm. up their staffing levels. And so it's not, uh, it's not vindictive or anything like that, but we, you know, we're all trying to serve our communities to the best of our ability and without proper staffing, it's a very, very, very difficult thing to accomplish. Is recruiting hard or has the job and the pressures of the job reduced the force? You know, that's a good question. Um, I have my theories on it. I think, you know, by and large, people don't want to be police officers right now. Um, Heather McDonald has that book called The War on Cops, and it really highlights, you know, the, our culture as a country right now as it pertains to the outlook on law enforcement as the problem. And I, I sent you that Dolan report. Yes. And, and it basically illustrated what law enforcement is doing statistically. And those statistics don't match the mainstream media narrative that basically cops are the problem uh, on a systemic level. And we're out here basically targeting specific groups and so on and so forth. It's a big fallacy. I've worked for three different agencies and I have yet to witness anything, especially on the basis of race, uh, occur in my entire 15 years. Now, I've seen cops make mistakes. 
I've seen cops get unreasonable. Um, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen things that are unprofessional, uh, you know, so it's not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here pretending like bad things don't happen or mistakes aren't made in our line of work. We're, we're human beings like everyone else and, and mistakes are made and we need to be held accountable for those mistakes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but the but, narrative that's out there as it pertains to law enforcement targeting, especially people of color is not true. And I'll just flat out be bold with that statement. It's just not true. Well, that's a fair statement. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the the Nolan report, though, or the, rather the Dolan yeah. report. Um, you mentioned yeah. it, and thanks for sh- sharing that with me. Uh, for those yeah. that don't know about the Dolan report, if you could explain what that is, I found some takeaways from that that report that were really interesting and that I know that we want to talk about. But can you explain what the Dolan Report is and why it's important for those on the force uh, to, to understand? Yeah, it's, yeah. the uh, Dolan Report uh, is uh, the report that was um, put together, and it's basically statistics on law enforcement as it pertains to their encounters with the public. And it breaks it down by race. It breaks it down by death. It breaks it down by assault. Um, uh, it, it touts that there's an estimated 385 million police citizen contacts. Out of those 385 million, there's roughly 11 million arrest uh, charges that result of those contacts with citizens. And out of those 385 million contacts, 40, 48,000 officers are assaulted during those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, this is kind of a summary of the statistics, but. Out of all of the 385 million, only 990 citizens are killed, roughly on average per year. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, in a nutshell, those stats that I just rattled off, I think illustrates the actual picture of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. there isn't some mass genocide against citizens of any type going on out there. Okay. Again, 385, let that sink in 385 million contacts with citizens resulting in 990 citizens killed. Okay. Right. That that's an important statistic that people need to, that people really need to look at. Now, how many of those 990 Uh, citizens killed, how many of them are unjustified versus justified? It doesn't say, but when a cop does, kill someone in the line of duty and it's unjustified, you're going to know about it. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say about that. You know, I challenge people, you know, whenever I get into this conversation with folks, I challenge people. I'm like, well, name me, let's talk about the incidents that you can come off or that you can come up with off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the ones, you know, those, those bad officers out there that made egregious mistakes, you know, and, and people may come up with, typically it's between, they may be able to rattle off three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the, the people that are really passionate about this issue, they can, you know, sometimes rattle off upwards of five to 10. And I can assure you though, every single one of those incidents are incidents that us law enforcement officers have studied um, and trained and try and learn from. And half, and half of the incidents that they're mentioning are not, are not incidents where the officer was unjustified. It's just, the media made the officer unjustified. It was basically, you know, I forget the term that I'm looking for, but it's, uh, it's, it's cancel culture, you know? Well, the thing that I found fascinating about the Dolan report was 
for the number of people in the United States, for the number of interactions that police officers have with citizens, for the number of arrests and contact that police officers have, the fatality rate by in, in police shooting deaths is amazingly low. So, for example, I, I just from my notes, um, yeah. according to the CDC mortality data, now, again, people may agree with the CDC, they may not agree with the CDC, there's reasons for both, but this is according to the CDC uh, uh, mortality data. Okay? Mm-hmm. From 2000, uh, and this was written in the Washington Post, all right? Correct. That, that's something I should have mentioned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, so it's not people, like it's coming from an unbiased source, right? If anything, it's coming from the other side. It's coming from a source that is going to hold police more accountable rather than less accountable. The, the Washington without Post. Without it. Okay. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, 2015 estimate police shooting deaths. Are you ready? Yep. 900. And 90. Correct. 990. Now, I'm going to read some other numbers. Criminal homicides, 16,121. Falls, people falling, people falling. You know, you, they can fall down the stairs, uh, either young, old, what have you. Okay. Yep. Work, working on a roof, whatever. Falls. 30,208 closely to traffic accidents at 33,804. Accidental poisonings. Accidental. Okay? Not on purpose. 38,851. Suicides. Suicides, things done on purpose by people to themselves. 41,149 medical errors. Here we go. 251,454. A quarter of a million medical error deaths. And the police, police shooting deaths, 990. Yeah. That, that to uh, me, uh, was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I, I completely agree. I'm a visual person, so I, I really encourage your listeners to, to pull this Dolan report. And, and it's all charted out, and it gives you a better visual. Because when I hear numbers over the radio, I'm like, okay, I have to write that down or see it. You know what I mean? And and I hope that your listeners will get the proper perspective that they need to grasp those numbers because they're important. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, 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 these numbers are the truth of the situation as it pertains to uh, policing in America. And, you know, it, it, it's important that they get the facts and, you know, refrain from making emotional snap judgments or, uh, just blindly following narratives on the media. It's important that they get these facts 
and actually put them in perspective. And, you know? and well, and police officers want to go home at night. <laughs> I mean, they, sure. they, they, sure. you know, I mean, no, most people don't like getting into arguments at the grocery store, you know, such as the person right. took my parking spot and people get out and they get angry and whatnot. Most people don't go home at night feeling great about that particular incident. Police officers, yeah. by and large, don't feel great about having to have had bad interactions with bad people, and they feel even less great if they if there's something that where they're going to be having to be filling out reports uh, for days on end um, okay. afterwards. And I'm not making light of the situation. I'm just want to hold things. Uh, comparatively so. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, and I know that there's people, there's naysayers out there. I, I know there's plenty of people out there that, that have had, that have possibly had a, a negative interaction with a police officer. And I completely understand that. And I get it. Um, you know, I, I like to, to share that, you know, with officers, uh, being an officer and, and developing your style and your approach and your, and I, and I would just highlight resiliency it takes resiliency to do this job on a daily basis, weekly basis, mm-hmm. yearly basis. And that resiliency is a callus that hardens over time. Um, and it takes, it, 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 it takes, it's that process that's absolutely necessary for an officer to be able to approach every situation in a just manner, um, it takes time and grades. It takes years of experience to develop that. Hey, you know what? Uh, I just I just witnessed the homicide of a of a little kid, and now I need to go, uh, you know, handle handle some completely different call. You know, within you know, an hour of, of already handling the last call. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so being, being able to transition and being able to treat people with the respect that often they don't deserve. Right. That's something I tell myself before every shift. I may have shared this before, but you know, I want to approach every single person that I come across on the streets or in our community. And I want to make sure that I give that person 110%. Right. Correct. And that's difficult because we're talking about, I mean, it, it, you know, the officers out there that are listening can relate to what I'm saying. I mean, you know, half the things that we're getting called on and, and having to deal with are things that we shouldn't be dealing with. I mean, these, these are, these are things in people's lives that, you know, these are folks that are, haven't matured to adulthood yet, despite being in their twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're in a they're they're in a state of mind where they rely on other people to to do tend to their basic needs, right? And so there's not a whole lot of critical thinking going on, and therefore there's a lot of of calls made to law enforcement, uh, you know, to help them uh, maybe you know handhold them through a situation, and it's those situations that you know. I want to, I still want to approach with 110%, do what I can be as, be honest with the person, be realistic with them. But I also want to give them the best service that I can, right? They're still a part of the community. And, um, you know, so it, but that takes resiliency. And, and when you get, and when you're doing that week in, week out, week in, week out, 
and then someone crosses you uh, in a manner that 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 you know we all have buttons that can be pushed do we not paul oh yeah oh yeah right and <laughs> and so you know it's not it's officers get their buttons pushed too and you know i'm sure there's folks out there uh you know, I, I may have had one encounter with an officer when I was a, a young man that uh, I wasn't super pleased with, right? And so um, I, I understand, and it's not a perfect system, but, you know, I would say this also. I would just end my, I guess, this kind of rant, rant that I'm on uh, with the fact that, you know, as officers, we strive for excellence despite being held to a perfection standard, right? So... You know, what other what other line of work are people held to a perfect standard? Right. And com- and completely smeared when they don't reach that perfection. Right? I mean, I bring up with the high schoolers that I used to work with, I bring up Russell Wilson, one of the my favorite quarterbacks, right? One of the one of the greats. And uh, you know, how many years has he been in the league? Well, I don't even know at this point, but um, you know, the guy's been in the league so many years, how many Super Bowls has he won? Right. And so the point is, is that he hasn't reached that per that perfection standard more often than not. And so I think Russell Wilson should not be held to that perfection standard because he's a human being. Right. And, you know, that's kind of where where I'm saying for officers, it's about, you know, let's let's all get our, our expectations correct. We're human beings doing a job. And we need to be held to an excellent standard, just just the same as any professional out there, right? Right. So, anyway, kind of on a rant, but no, no, you're 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 abso- <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's important for people to understand the officer, by and large, is doing the best that they possibly can with the information and the resources that they have, by and large. Right. Sure. Um, I use the grocery at, at the, you know, the, the, the grocery example, being at the grocery store and somebody cuts in front of you with the and parks their car in the spot that you're trying to get at or during Christmas time. Um, the average person who's not being held to a high standard <laughs> is, yeah. is pretty irritated. <laughs> OK. <Right>. And then <laughs> they go into the grocery store and they're still irritated. Then they come back out, they see that guy or that gal or that person or whoever who's in that parking spot, and they're still irritated. It takes time. Now, now make decisions that are very critical decisions and try and resolve very critical problems with multiple cutoffs, people parking in your parking spot, and, and basically attacking your ego okay i'm just saying that for the average person not the person who's been through the training not the person who signs on and knows that they're being held to the standard not the person who's been a professional in that area for a long time i mean you take a look you mentioned russell wilson russell wilson has been in the nfl for a number of years Uh, he's 33 years of age now you know he came in when he was in his his 20s and yet as an nfl athlete you expect them to conduct themselves in a particular manner. You know, people can yell and scream at the players when they're playing, but it's probably not a good idea to do that out in public. Okay. But yet they show amazing restraint. Let me just share one quick story with Um, you. Uh, A good friend of mine, I love him. He's a terrific guy, was playing for 
uh, the Denver Broncos. So I flew out to watch them play. An amazing theater, amazing group of fans, amazing opportunity. And Denver was playing Oakland. So the intensity in the stadium was pretty doggone high. Oh, yeah. Oakland won that game like 55 to 7 or 55 to 14 or something like that. It was a walloping. And the crowd was upset. After the game, me, the player, his family, we quietly go to get a bite to eat. He's a player. He's upset. I mean, he just all this energy to play this game. Not only do they lose, they kind of, <laughs> kind of lost handily, okay? But he's still a great player, right? He's right. six foot two, three hundred and twenty pounds. He's a he's a strong big guy. As we were leaving the restaurant, we're walking out. There was a gentleman sitting at a table with his family, and he looks up at the player and he says, "Hey, I think Oakland just scored again." And oh, I looked at this gentleman, I'm thinking to myself, you are so lucky that this person is an honorable person yeah, and is control- a professional in every way and conducting themselves. All right? Yeah. Now, if the guy played for the Raiders and the thing was backwards, hey, good luck, fella. <laughs> 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 right? I'm using yeah. this as a, as, a, as a humorous but real example of the type of ferocity that a police officer could have after one incident and then having to go immediately to another incident. Good point, Paul. By and large, the police officers in our state, you know, have been terrific people that I've met. I've had my own incidences. I've had my own challenges. I've had my own... You know, I don't know what that person's viewpoint is, where they're coming from, or what happened last, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But by and large, you know, respect is respective is given and respect is returned, right? Hey, Jacob, that was excellent. Listen, I think, I think this is really going to be kind of a two-part series. What I'd like to do is uh, take a break and then come back for – uh, part two. Would that would that be okay with you? Absolutely, Paul. You no willing problem. to hang around for the second half? Of course. My pleasure. All right. One sec. This concludes part one of our conversation with Officer Jacob Hubby. Tune in next time as we continue our conversation on steps and actions parents can take to continue to keep our families safe. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Paul Ellis reminding you to invest in what you love.